Hi friends, I'm Kara Kay. And I'm Elizabeth. And this is the Asking for a Friend podcast. A show for the woman who has questions about herself, the church, and the world. We are providing a safe space to engage in tough topics. But don't worry, we know you're only asking for a friend. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Asking for a Friend. We're excited that you guys are here with us this week. We are going to be tackling the tough topic of anxiety, but before we get into that, we want to share something with you guys. So I don't know if you know this, but you can actually leave a review for the podcast and reviews are really important for podcasts because they help people find us, find, you know, that's how people find a lot of new shows and really hear about why you as a listener love a show. So here is a recent review that we just got and we really want to share. So one of our listeners, Mary, said, finally, women just like me talking about real topics in a real way. Thank you, Elizabeth and Kara Kay, for tackling these things with grace and warmth. Listening to this podcast is like sitting with friends over coffee or chips and queso. I like that part. Me too. <laughs> and, ju- and just getting into what's really on our minds. Oh, oh, that was so nice. I love that. That's so nice. I mean, that and is our goal. Like, yeah. that's the goal for the show. Right. Like, we're just sitting around, hanging out, and talking about things that really don't get talked about enough. Thank you, Mary. Yeah. Thank you so much. So you guys can go leave a review For the show on iTunes, um, just go over to iTunes, click leave a review, and it's really quick and easy. It is so easy for us to walk into parenting knowing exactly what we think we will and will not do. We typically take our own experiences and create in our minds the perfect parenting scenario, and that's exactly what we set out to achieve. Then we actually begin raising our children and realize every child is completely different and nothing like we expected. I have a new book, coming out March 1st called Together, a journal for mom and me, a guided experience connecting moms and kids to God and each other. This journal provides an inviting place for moms and kids to talk about both the important stuff and the everyday stuff, whether it's your favorite vacations or Bible verses, this unique journal gives families space to learn about each other and presents opportunities for growth in their relationships with each other and God. The journal is intended for kids 8 to 12, really creating a sweet relationship between your kids before they enter the teen years. Pre-order your journal now through Amazon, and the book releases March 1st wherever books are sold. It's not much of a surprise, but most of our shows where we talk about mental health are some of our most popular shows here at Asking for a Friend. So it really just goes to show how much women struggle with mental health. And maybe today you're unsure about how to have these discussions with other people. Maybe you're hiding your own struggles. So we just want, as always, to provide a safe space here for you and encourage you if you're struggling with mental health. So today we are going to answer the question, is anxiety a choice? Okay, let's just start with a basic definition of anxiety because I feel like in this realm of mental health, words like depression, anxiety, um, OCD, like they all kind of get lumped in together and people interchange them, but they are all so different. So the definition of anxiety is a nervous disorder characterized by a state of excessive uneasiness and apprehension, typically with compulsive behavior or panic attacks. Yikes. So I've been real honest on the show. I've dealt with depression and postpartum depression. I've never 
um, dealt with anxiety, but I know that you have. So do you want to kind of share your story? Sure. So I shared in a previous episode also of my struggle with postpartum anxiety and depression. And I think I talked a little bit about my anxiety where we talked about raising kids with anxiety. Um, If you want to go back and listen to those shows, if you miss them, but my journey started when I battled with postpartum anxiety and depression because anxiety, depression, any kind of mental health were always one of those things that I didn't understand because I had never walked through it. I didn't really get what it meant. And it's funny that we're talking about, um, is anxiety a choice? Because I think honestly, up until that point, I was like, oh, come on, people just snap out of it. You know, I think so many people who have never battled with that and don't get it, they just think, well, you're just, you're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. And if I'm honest, I probably felt that way too, until I actually walked through it myself. And so I dealt with postpartum anxiety and depression for a while, but then I went off of medication and I was better for several years, or at least I thought I was, Mm -hmm. until about a year ago, I had kind of a complete breakdown and I found myself having panic attack after panic attack, like constantly. And it's interesting looking at the definition of this because it says it's typically with compulsive behavior or panic attacks. Mm -hmm. And so that was exactly my issue. I found myself having extreme obsessive compulsive disorder and you know i would have a panic attack if there was a little bit of dirt on the floor or if something was out of place so finally i went and sat down with my doctor and she said you have ocd and you have an anxiety disorder and i was like "Uh, no way like yeah people with ocd they like have to turn the light switches on and off 20 times what did your ocd look like and what did your panic attacks look like yeah so my ocd was really and i always kind of chalked it up to the fact that i'm a perfectionist because i'm an enneagram one and so i was like Mm -hmm. well it's just i just like things to be in order and things to be perfect but it was so extreme because literally my kids would put their shoes over here, but I needed them over here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was, you know, brought on by motherhood because kids are messy and yeah. that sort of stuff. So everything just drove me crazy. And then I would have a panic attack because the house wasn't perfect, even though mm-hmm. it was fine, you know. And yeah. um, And so I just found myself like struggling to function at all because I was so bound up in this like complete panic all the time Mm -hmm. that it was really hard to you know just be a normal mom a normal wife and Mm -hmm. feel normal in any way so is a panic attack does it feel like a tightening in your chest Mm -hmm. you can't breathe what is can you describe that yeah so mine kind of start with I feel like I can't breathe a lot of times I'll get really dizzy um my chest and everything feels super tight. My heart rate will go up really, really high. There was one day that I had one so bad and I had my Apple watch on and Mm -hmm. my heart rate went up to like 146 or something like that. It was like super high. And I was watching my watch and I was like, in the moment, like as it was happening, I didn't even realize, oh, I had a panic panic attack coming. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was like watching my watch because it was lighting up like as my heart rate was increasing. And I was just sitting on the couch. I wasn't doing anything. Mm -hmm. I was just sitting there. So it was like, what is happening? And then, you know, the tightening in my chest came on the and I feel like I can't breathe. Um, And that's 
I mean, then that's terrifying in itself. Yeah, it sounds super scary. It is. It's really scary. I've had a few that are like, I'm going to die. You know, Mm -hmm. I can't breathe. A lot of people go into the hospital thinking they're having a heart attack. And it's really just a panic attack. It's it's interesting because I actually looked up um, some statistics about that because um, that was something that I've heard also. And I saw there was a study back in 2016. This is several years ago, but... Um, there was 1.2 million emergency room visits in the United States just in two years that were anxiety related, that people wow. thought there was something physically wrong with them mm-hmm. and they were having a an anxiety attack. And so they rushed to the emergency room thinking, oh my gosh, I'm having a heart attack. I've got something wrong, you know, because you can't breathe and you really think yeah. this is a this is because it it does impact your physical health and you don't know how to handle that. Yeah, that sounds very scary. I think we throw around words like, oh, I have such anxiety today or, right. you know, I'm like, I'm about to have a panic attack. You know, we say uh-huh. it so flippantly and yes. casually, but when you describe it, it really sounds very scary and debilitating almost. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's hard to function. And when I go through seasons where they, those panic attacks are debilitating, you know, there's been days when it's been really bad. You know, I'll have a season that is really bad and I'll have to, you know, if I'm home with the kids, I'll call Brooke and say, I need you to come home right now. And I mean, he'll rush home because he knows that I can't function and it's scary. Yeah. And I had one one day with my kids home and he was some, I don't, he wasn't here. And I, my two older kids were like standing here with me as I was having this panic attack and they were like, what is happening? You know, oh, and no. they didn't know what to do. And I was like, I'm okay. I'm just not feeling well or whatever. You know, I was like mm-hmm. trying. And the the interesting thing is like trying to calm them down actually calmed me down. Um, so it was helpful. But I mean, it was scary for them to see and experience that also. Yeah, I bet. I bet. And, and it's hard as a mom. We want to downplay everything and keep everything normal. Yeah, we don't want them to think that anything's wrong or that, mm-hmm. you know, but it's probably good for our kids also to see, you know, our moms struggle with stuff too. And yeah. and this is how she deals with it. This is how she works through it. So, mm-hmm. Okay, so the question we're trying to answer today is, is anxiety a choice? So I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this. But first, I want to give one of our listener responses, Mo Strelo, which I actually had lunch with her this week. Oh, that's awesome. I know. Like the internet bringing people together. Oh, I love that. (laughs) So Mo Strelo said, nope, not a choice. Anxiety is so broad. There are so many types and causes. Some cases are in response to life events, while other cases are caused by chemical imbalance. I'm clinically diagnosed with an anxiety disorder, OCD have been in intensive therapy, and am finally taking medicine that has worked wonders. I can trace my anxiety back to my very earliest memories of childhood, and I even had the most desirable of childhoods. Mine is a chemical imbalance, and then made more severe by anxiety-producing life events. Yeah. So that was really good I insight. It's interesting because when I look back, I wonder, have has this always been something that I struggled with? But right. The life events, like having a lot of kids that are messy, did that Mm -hmm. kind of thing just heighten it for me? Right. Well, and you always talk about, you know, you're a perfectionist and Mm -hmm. maybe that's, maybe that's just you tempering your OCD tendencies and anxiety. And maybe it's not so much perfectionism as it is like this imbalance or, you know, the way you're, you're wired and you're just 
on your good days, you're able to say, I'm a perfectionist because you've right. got that part a little bit under control. Yeah, that sounds about right. You just so diagnosed crazy. me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I thank you. <laughs> Dr. Elizabeth at it again. <laughs> That's right. Here we go. Okay, so another listener, Mama White 24 said, after experiencing postpartum anxiety, I definitely don't believe it is a choice. I feel like choices would be under my control and I was definitely not in control of that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I feel like I'm seeing a theme of um, a certain life event triggering mm-hmm. this. Like, you know, you said you had postpartum anxiety and then just like a year ago, life had become really overwhelming for you. And, um, you know, Mama White 24 says ex- she experienced postpartum anxiety, almost like maybe these um, this mental illness was lying dormant and then something yeah. triggers it. I think about things like post-traumatic stress syndrome and, you know, things trigger our mental health and then it causes a million things to happen within our brains Mm -hmm. and our bodies and so I think anxiety is definitely one of those things as well yeah well in last on our last episode episode 20 I think I recommended the book uh the body keeps the score yeah yeah I put that on my list okay good it is so tied into what we're talking about today just how um our body reacts to and manifests what's going on in our lives on an emotional mental spiritual level Right. It's really good. It's it's a little bit clinical at times, but I highly recommend it. And and it's kind of confirming of like, okay, I'm not crazy. Like Right, right. You know, there are these stressors that I'm dealing with and this is how my body is processing the stress and the right. anxiety and all of that. Okay, finally, Anna Panda 50 says, is pain a choice? Is an illness a choice? No way. In the same way, anxiety is not a choice. It's the body's innate response to the body pouring fight or flight chemicals to the brain. What we can choose is how we manage it. Yes, I think that's, that's so really good. good. One time I was speaking to a women's group and I had um, a woman come up to me after the after I spoke and she said, she, I mean, she just poured her heart out and, you know, told me all these things she was battling and dealing with. And she had gone and spoke to um, a pastor or leader, somebody within the church just to try to, you know, get counseling and help with that. And, um, this person told her, well, you need to pray more and you need to read your Bible more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just in that moment, I was like, oh, come on, you know, like, yeah. Like, is this not 2020? Are we still there? Are we still there of saying, well, you're not praying hard enough. And so Mm -hmm. this is your fault. So, how do you feel about that? Have you seen this happen a lot? Oh my gosh. I, it, it has not happened to me personally, but I have mm-hmm. heard friends have, you know, experienced that. Um, and it just blows my mind that we are still in that frame of thinking that you can just pray it away, you know, yes. and that it's all comes down to your relationship with the Lord. And, um, you know, we see in the Bible that David suffered from you know what Mm -hmm. some people think was depression and you know job sunk into deep deep grief Mm -hmm. and you know we see them struggling with it and we don't ever say well he should have just prayed harder right yeah it's just not that simple definitely um god is big enough to heal anything and do work any kind of miracle but at the same time putting that kind of pressure on someone that Mm -hmm. they are doing something wrong is like telling them well your anxiety is a choice. And mm-hmm. I mean, I agree with all of our listeners that we just read their comments. I agree with them. I don't think that it is a choice. And yeah. unfortunately, I think that 
many people who haven't walked through it believe that and are in that place of thinking, well, it's a choice you've made. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's your own life circumstances. So those are your choices or, you know, whatever it may be. You could pull yourself out of it if you wanted to. Yeah. I did like what Anna Panda 50 said. Um, She said, what we can choose is how we manage it. Absolutely. And I think some people, you know, they say that, you know, you just need to pray more because they don't know how to fix it. And that's the easiest answer they can give. You know, it's your fault because you're not praying hard enough. If you would just do this, it would all go away and it would all be better. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, How to manage it well. What would be some things that you would encourage people in a way to help manage their mental health well? Well, like I said at the beginning, I've never struggled with anxiety. Mm-hmm. So this is just my outside opinion and having dealt with depression and postpartum depression. I would definitely start by talking to a doctor like you did. Yes. Yeah, And absolutely. just saying like, hey, here's what's going on. Here's how I used to be or here's how I remember myself. But here's how I'm functioning now. And yeah. this is how it makes me feel. I feel scared. I feel depressed. I feel hopeless. Like I feel stressed, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, start there and accepting the fact that medication is not shameful, that it's helpful, mm-hmm. um, really owning that. And then I don't know, did you do counseling? Um, I tried counseling. So uh-huh. when I had postpartum anxiety, I, um, and depression, I went to counseling mm-hmm. and, it was not a good experience for me. And oh, so dear. I just didn't find, she wasn't the best fit for me. And I think yeah. what I didn't realize in that time was it's okay to shop around with counselors. Yeah. And so I didn't, nobody told me that and I didn't mm-hmm. understand that. And so I thought, well, I, this is how, how it will be. And it was the first time I'd ever gone to counseling. And so I was like, oh, I guess this is just how it's going to be. Um, I did get a couple of good things out of it, um, but for the most part, it was more of a challenge for me because I, you know, I had three kids under the age of three and I was going Mm -hmm. to counseling with her and she, you know, when I told her my situation, she was like, well, of course you're depressed. Of course you Uh have anxiety. And so she just blew it off in that aspect of, well, of course, I'd be surprised if you didn't. And I was like, well, that's not helpful. You know, right. like you're, you're just a stressed out mom. This is normal. Exactly. And so she basically just diagnosed me with like motherhood disease. And I was like, <laughs> I, this is not me and I don't feel healthy and I want to feel healthy, but I don't know how. Right. And that was the thing is like, I need somebody to help me manage that stress instead of yeah. just telling me that, well, of course you're feeling this way. And mm-hmm. so I went to her a few times, but then I was like, this is dumb. Therapy does yeah. not work. Um, And so really it wasn't until recently that I realized, oh, there are therapists out there that are a good fit for different people. Um, And I should have tried to find someone in that season, but I didn't. And so that was on me. But I definitely think that that is a great way to help manage things. Um, We talked about in our episode with kids um, battling anxiety. Um, One of my kids struggles with anxiety and she sees a counselor and her counselor's amazing. And Mm -hmm. I've even thought about going to see her myself because she's so good. And, um, she was really, you know, she's really helping our family kind of better understand how to manage that anxiety from, you know, a parenting aspect and a being a kid aspect. But, um, yeah, I think it's definitely a really good thing that people can use to help manage their anxiety. 
Yeah, I agree. Big fan of medication and counseling. And That's right. <laughs> I'm going to say this. I know this sounds kind of woo-woo out there, but um, so a lot of people know I teach yoga. And the studio where I teach, they actually offer um, a class for, for people in trauma recovery. Okay. Um, it's a specific class designed just for them. It deals a lot with or addresses anxiety. Oh, okay. And yeah, and it's led by um, a yoga instructor slash licensed counselor. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So if you can find something like that in your area, I think that would be super helpful. Um, maybe even like a support group or something like that where people understand what you're dealing with. Right, right. I would say another thing um and this really stood out to me in our episode from a couple of weeks ago where we talked about how do I love broken people? Mm-hmm. Um, when we talked to Ashley Abercrombie, she talked a lot about safe spaces. And, yeah. you know, she'd been through a lot of challenging and difficult things. And she found safe spaces to talk to people. And whether that was with, you know, a counselor or whatever, but her main thing was she found some people in her life that she could be real and honest and really tell the truth to yeah. and and that was an encouragement to me like okay first of all am i being a safe place for people in my life that struggle with mental health and do i have those people that are a safe place um because it is hard i know when i'm deep in it i don't want to talk to anybody about it mm-hmm. you know it's been about a year now since i really went through this like complete season of burnout and the anxiety was so bad. Um, but I, I mean, I talked to my husband, I talked to my doctor and I talked, I think I talked to you about it in that season. Mm -hmm. And there was another friend that I talked to and it was like, I just had a couple of people that were a safe place that I said, okay, I know you're not going to judge me. I know you're going to love me through this no matter what. And sometimes being able to be that safe space means leaving all judgment aside and truly listening to them and loving them through whatever circumstance they find themselves in. Yeah, absolutely. That was a good episode. <laughs> it was. It really was. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so as we've been talking about anxiety and um, just as I was reading some things before this, uh, there were some things that surprised me. So okay. I want to see what surprised you too. But um, obviously, I think we can all agree anxiety is not a choice, just like depression right. is not a choice. Right. Um. But I did not know this, that one in five people struggle with anxiety. That is crazy. That's a lot of people. It is. Which is crazy because it's like we have six people in our home and there's two of us that struggle with anxiety. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about it like that. And, you know, so it's like when you look at families, large families, most likely someone in their house is struggling. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. When you look at small groups at church, like maybe everybody's hiding their you know, hiding behind a pretty picture or whatever, but most likely Mm -hmm. there are several people in there that are really battling with anxiety. Yeah. So a statistic that I found was um, anxiety impacts 20% of adults. So I guess that's the one in five. Yeah. But then you also had said 1.2 million people in two years have gone to the ER or gone to the hospital for anxiety. And that was shocking too. Yeah. That's crazy. Because you just think like, it's one of those things that you don't see on the outside. I think we talked about that a little bit when we talked about chronic pain, that you don't think about mental health being a chronic pain issue because it's Uh not really something you can see or, you know, it's not like we both deal with chronic migraines. That's something that is, you know, people can't see our migraines, but there's like proof of, I have this thing. Um, With anxiety, it's like, 
if you don't understand it, it's like, really? I mean, are you just Mm -hmm. upset? Are you nervous? Are you fearful? You know, what does that really mean? So one of the one of the surprising facts about anxiety for me was the fact that anxiety is not the same thing as being nervous. Um, And so I think we assume, okay, someone struggles with anxiety. um, They're just like really nervous about life. They're Uh fearful. And I think the first time I was diagnosed with anxiety, I was like, but I'm not a fearful person. I'm not somebody that struggles with like being nervous and, but they are actually very different things. And so just because you feel nervous about something doesn't mean you're battling anxiety. I agree with that as I'm trying to understand it and learn more about it. Um, I think in the past, number one, I've always thought anxiety was just worrying a lot. Yes. Yeah. And it's more complex than that. And I think number two, anytime I hear someone who says like they have anxiety or they're really nervous, I automatically label them as, oh, you're an Enneagram six because Enneagram six is they, they worry a lot. They have a lot of fears Mm -hmm. and uh, they always go to worst case scenario. And again, that's just not true. Right, right. You yeah. can you can deal with anxiety no matter what your Enneagram number. Yeah. Um it's interesting in my my book Mom Up, I wrote a chapter about fear because moms mm-hmm. deal with fear a lot. So I talk about the verse that God does not give us a spirit of fear and you know as as parents we have a tendency to you know worry about our kids and that sort of thing and um, and so it just kind of really encouraged moms to not be fearful, you know, not to live in this constant state of fear over what might happen to their kids because God's really in control. Um, and I, it's interesting, recently I got a, some pushback on that chapter because this woman was like, well, obviously you've never dealt with anxiety because you don't get what fear is. And I was like, um, mm. I don't think you understand what fear <laughs> is. And so it was really interesting because she was really annoyed that I was like saying that we can be, you know, we can walk through life without fear. And she was upset because she's like, well, that's living with anxiety. And I was like, well, no, it's not. <laughs> oh, you know, it was goodness. like, it, it really is different things of like being afraid of everything or worrying about everything. That's different than anxiety. And so I think yeah. we have to see and understand, oh, there is a difference here. Yeah, we have to give people permission to um, have their anxiety look different than your anxiety exactly. or, you know, what you think anxiety is. It's yeah. it's individual. It's not this cookie cutter um illness. Right. Yeah. And that's something I've learned recently is that our symptoms of anxiety can vary completely from different, from person to person. And yeah. I've seen this like with my daughter that struggles with anxiety. I always thought, oh, she's, she doesn't have anxiety. But once I started looking at different symptoms, um, hers comes out as anger and mm-hmm. mine does too sometimes, but mine just looks different um, than that. And so it's interesting that we have to really pay attention to the symptoms and things like that because they're going to look different from person to person. Right, exactly. Well, because you've dealt with anxiety, what advice would you give to people who maybe have someone in their life who deals with anxiety? Like how can we encourage our friends or our family members who have anxiety? That's a good question. There are, there's three main things that I always try to encourage people in that struggle with this. Um, Mm -hmm. the first one is just to remember that you're not alone. Um, Mm -hmm. just like we've talked about all these statistics of every one in five people battles anxiety. Um, you know, when you look at all those numbers, it's like, oh my goodness, like a lot of people struggle with this. Um, and a lot of people struggle with it 
in silence. And so that is Mm -hmm. the hardship there. Um, But just to remember that you're not alone. And and the second thing is really to know that your journey is not going to look like anybody else's. Um, Mm -hmm. Like we talked about the symptoms being different. Your, the way you walk through it will probably look different than anybody else who's walking through it as well. Yeah. The way you handle yourself will be different. The way you're able to manage it will be different. Um, and the things you need will be different. And so it's hard for, it's hard to say, well, I have anxiety. Oh, you do too. Here's exactly what works. Here's the fix. Um, mm-hmm. which I think is the case for lots of health issues, you know? Yeah. Um, like we've talked about with migraines, we try all these things, like, this thing works, but this thing doesn't. And this thing works for me, but it doesn't work for you. Um, And so I think we just have to realize our journey will look different and that's okay. Um, Yeah. And finally, I just encourage people to ask for help and know that it's okay to ask Mm -hmm. for help because that is hard for me because I'm one of those people that I'm like, I don't want to ask for help. I want to get through all of this on my own and be fine. But really finding, like we talked about, those safe spaces or somebody to talk to, whether it's a doctor or a spouse or a best friend or, mm-hmm. you know, the lady down the street that looks really nice, <laughs> you know, whatever <laughs> it looks like for us just to find somebody that we're like, you're not going to judge me. You're going to love me through this um, yeah. and ask for help. That is really good advice for people who are dealing with anxiety. What about their like family and friends? Like how can they respond? I would say just love without judgment, especially Mm -hmm. if you don't understand their situation. Do what you can to learn about it. Learn about what they're going through. Um, For me, especially looking at these, you know, looking up different articles and reading about anxiety really helps me. Okay, this is this helps me understand myself it helps you understand better people in your life that are dealing with it um, mm-hmm. and ways to to love them better. And just talking to them and saying, hey, I don't really understand, but I want to. Can you help me understand? Can you show me how how I can help you, what you need? Those kind of things are really helpful because yeah, it's okay to say, I don't get it, but I want to and I want mm-hmm. to help. Yeah, I would just encourage people to not lump it in with, like we said, depression and OCD yes. and, you know, just to remember that these are all different illnesses, different symptoms, different triggers. Um, they manifest themselves differently and um, just to give people grace. Yes. Thank you for sharing your story. Oh, of course. It's so much fun to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> We live in a noisy world, one that clamors and calls for our attention and lays on us demands and expectations we were never meant to carry. Now, somewhere along the way, we began to chase the urgent while missing out on what's most important. And we started to believe the lie that we hold all things together, when in fact, it's Jesus who does. As we start a new year, do you feel it in your soul, the call to a different way of living? This is why we think everyone needs a faithful life planner. The faithful life planner isn't your typical planner. The goal of this planner is faithfulness over success and purposeful living over simply staying busy. This planner will not help you run faster. It will help you slow down, listen, and linger to God and walk in the plans that he has for you. Get your faithful life planner at faithfulmoms.org planner and use the code for a friend for 10% off your planner. We love ours and we know you will too.
Okay, Elizabeth, is there anything you are reading, watching, or listening to that's helping you rethink the way you look at the world? Okay, well, this is kind of a guilty pleasure. I have to have certain <laughs> shows that I watch when my husband's not home. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so right now I'm watching Making a Model with Yolanda Hadid. Okay. <laughs> so she's the mom of Bella and Gigi Hadid. Okay. And so she's doing, if you ever back in the day watched um, Tyra Banks, America's Next I, Top Model. That's what I was going to say. This sounds like yeah. Next Top Model. It is. It's very much like that, except she is um, taking teenagers and their moms. Because since she raised two daughters in the modeling industry, she's kind of coaching these moms on how okay. to do it. Okay. Um, it's so, it's so ridiculous. I mean, that's all the, <laughs> all the infighting you would imagine in drama and all. I mean, you grab six 13 and 14 year old girls and their moms. Oh and you my make gosh. Them, yeah. You make them live together for two months. There's going to be some drama. Yikes. But one girl in particular has social anxiety. Oh, okay. So it's interesting to watch her. I'm like, girl, if you struggle with social anxiety, why are you modeling? Like modeling, this seems like yeah. the biggest trigger in the world, but I don't know. She's doing it. And, you know, she cries every week. I've come so far. And <laughs> it's really funny. So it is definitely my guilty pleasure. But That's it is awesome. also good for me to watch her and try to understand what anxiety looks like in someone. Yeah. That is kind of a um, lighthearted resource. But it's been okay. fun to watch. I like it. Yeah. I like it. What about you? Okay, I'm going to share... Um... A TV show also I don't know if you've heard of this show but it's called this is us oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh, I think I've heard of it I know everybody's seen the show but <laughs> when I when they did the episode with Randall having his mm -hmm. like meltdown um oh my goodness it was so was, real was that back in season one I think Where he's so. like in his office. When like he's in his floor. office. Yeah. Yes. And then Kevin oh comes gosh. to his rescue. Um, yeah. That was so powerful for me because yeah. it was like, oh my goodness, they got it. Like they get what it's like. I mean, that show does a great job of so many things, but yeah. you know, it was like, wow, they actually showed what it's like to have anxiety. And mm -hmm. I, I get Randall because it's like he deals with perfectionism and I do too and so it, watching that was just so powerful for me like okay it's okay to fall apart sometimes yeah. and and a reminder that we need people to pick us up whenever we do yeah. fall apart um and so yeah if if for some reason you're living in a hole and you haven't watched this as us <laughs> I highly recommend it but I just you know all that to say I, I'm just really grateful that there's shows and things out there now that really actually reflect real human experience yeah I think I love the fact that they made Randall's character the one who struggles with anxiety yes. because in the African-American so community together and yeah well he does yeah but for African-Americans it's very taboo to have yes. mental illness and to seek help for it and medication yep. and counseling and I actually have a friend I'm going to link to it in the show notes but he's a marriage and family counselor here in my town and he has a t-shirt that he sells that says i I pray, I talk, I see a therapist. I've seen you wear that shirt. Yes, I love it. I know, I love it. And so he's just, he's African-American and he's trying to help his community overcome yeah. that stigma. That's of, so good. You know, just sweeping everything under the rug. So mm -hmm. I love that they are the, they made Randall's character deal with yes, anxiety. Yes, I love that too. I just read a book called Queenie. It's um, Black History Month right now. And so I'm only reading books by either black authors or about black history, but it's a the story about this like 25 year old black woman and just her journey through 
um, a lot of struggles and she's dealing with mental health and she starts having these like panic attacks and she chooses to go to counseling and that was she had to have like a real serious sit down conversation with her parents and her grandparents because they were like "Uh, no we don't do that Mm -hmm. we just we get over things and she was like Mm -hmm. you know what I'm gonna change the stigma of this in my family and I'm going to get help for myself because this is what I think is going to work for me. And so it was very powerful to, you know, it's powerful to see that and read that, that, you know, people are actually saying, Hey, I can't do this. I need help. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good. All right, friends. Thank you so much for listening today as we chatted about mental health and answered the question, is anxiety a choice? Join us next week when we will continue this conversation about mental health and answer the question, is it okay for me to take medication for my mental health? So I think people probably know where we stand on this. But for I sure, s- but I it'll be a good conversation. I still think it's worth the conversation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So before we go, guys, we would love to connect with you on Facebook and Instagram. We are at The Asking Pod. Each week, we're always posting new questions and things we are discussing on the podcast, and we always want your input. You can also connect with each of us on Instagram. I am at karak.james and Elizabeth is at elizabethoates underscore. And finally, keep asking questions for a friend.